Kitty Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Steve Lawrence, and Steve is an award-winning filmmaker based in Brooklyn, New York. Last year, he and co-director Rob Fruppman completed a feature documentary called The Cat Rescuers. Tells the story of four volunteers who hit the streets of Brooklyn day and night to save feline lives through TNR and adoptions. The Cat Rescuers premiered in October 2018 at the Hamptons International Film Festival, where it won the Zelda Penzel Award for giving voice to the voiceless. It's now available for community screenings around the U.S. through Tug.com and also directly through the filmmakers. Steve, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Uh, thank you, Stacy. It's good to be back. Yes. So for those listeners that have just tuned in to the Community Cat Podcast recently, Steve was on the show maybe a couple years ago, almost a couple year and a half ago or so. Folks that are interested in finding out how the documentary got started, its beginning works, feel free to go to the communitycatspodcast.com and click on our search bar and you could put in cat rescuers or you put in the name Stephen or Lawrence and his show will come right up and you can listen to that. But today's show, we're going to be doing some catch up and finding out how things have been going with the film and what's new. So Steve, let me know what's going on. Well, beginning April 1st, we've had screenings around the U.S., community screenings. And as you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, rescue groups, shelters, uh, and others who care about cats can book the film. One way to do it is through a theatrical on-demand service called Tug, T-U-G-G dot com. And the other way is directly through the filmmakers. If you go to our website, which is catrescuersfilm.com, you can find out how to book a screening. And our intention with the film was to make something that would help raise awareness about trap, neuter, return, and adoptions. And we're, we're very pleased that as we've been rolling out the film for community screenings, it's being embraced by lots of rescue groups all across the country. So far, we've had screenings in Portage, Indiana, Cincinnati, and Dayton, Ohio, Greenville, South Carolina, San Diego. There are upcoming screenings in Grand Rapids, Michigan, Fort Collins, Colorado, Brooklyn, New York. It's all over the place. Phoenix, Minnesota, many other places. So we're delighted in each of those locations, a rescue group is organizing the screenings. And that means that they're able to use it for education about TNR and adoptions and also for fundraising, uh, which is critical. I mean, the one of the points that the film makes is that most of this work that's being done to help street cats, feral and abandoned cats, is done on a volunteer basis. And the hundreds of rescue groups around the country that are doing this work need to sustain themselves. 
I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, in the Brooklyn area, you tend to be somewhat blessed by having access to the ASPCA's program, but that certainly doesn't cover everything for all cats. But it is a great opportunity in the New York area. And there are also some organizations across the country where they have affiliations and relationships with clinics that may have grant money and they can do TNR for free. But there are certainly, by far, the mass majority individuals are paying to get the community cat spayed or neutered. And that's a huge cost and a huge burden and expense. And if there's anything that can be done to help raise money to be able to afford more surgeries or help with affording for more care or more food, more supplies, that's all the better for everyone. Right. Well, we can't say that things have gotten better in Brooklyn or New York City overall because we still don't have any direct financial support, any government support for TNR. There's an issue with that because of the New York State agricultural law that's very old. It's a 19th century law that prohibits state funding to return an injured animal to the community. Hmm. It's a strange law, but it has prevented direct funding of TNR. But anyway, it's certainly different in other communities. But what we're finding is that the message of the film resonates, even though this is a film about a big urban place, Brooklyn. Uh, You know, I just got an email this morning from a viewer in San Diego who saw it last night. And she said, so great, not only for getting the story out there, but just how beautifully the film was made. A great mix of humor and seriousness and education. And I think that's the point about the film. This is a very emotionally engaging film. The rescuers are really wonderful, complex, admirable characters who are out there doing the kind of work that your listeners understand very well. It's really tough. Requires a lot of stamina and resilience and a a good sense of humor if you're going to keep at it. So the stories of our four rescuers in Brooklyn, I think, are similar to the stories, hundreds, probably thousands and thousands of stories around the country of people who are doing the same work. So they see themselves in the film, we hope, and we hope that the film helps them raise awareness in their own communities about what it takes to do this kind of work and also why and how TNR is effective. You know, I know from my own experience on the block where my wife and I live in Brooklyn that people were ignorant. They just they didn't know what to do with feral cats. They fed them because they love animals and they wanted to to make sure that they were nourished. But they kept procreating and nobody knew what to do. And eventually, because some of us on this block learned about TNR, we were able to raise awareness among our neighbors. We trapped over 40 cats, and there hasn't been a kitten, which is amazing. Population is controlled. It's healthy. You know, the cats have their colonies, and they have their feeders, and that's kind of the ideal scenario. But obviously, it doesn't work that way everywhere, and it certainly can't work unless people know what to do. They can find services, whether they're volunteer rescue groups or, you know, ASPCAs that provide these kinds of services. So anyway, that's what we're trying to do with the film, and we're hopeful that it will have significant impact over time as dozens of communities get to see it. Are you struggling to increase positive outcomes in your shelter? Are you overwhelmed with high stray intake and low owner reclaim? 
Do you wish you had solutions to your biggest problems? The Path Ahead provides in-person and remote consulting for animal welfare organizations. Let us help you to increase life-saving by engaging your community and maintaining the human-animal bond. The Path Ahead teaches proven best practices for humane, effective animal welfare, including community cat management, missing pet prevention and recovery, and progressive adoptions. By identifying and addressing outdated and unproductive practices, you can reduce intake and length of stay and keep animals in their loving homes where they belong. Leave the past behind and take the path ahead to success. Visit our website at www.animalwelfaresuccess.com. So Steve, when you first envisioned this project and started this project, where you are now, you're doing these showings, is this the path you were hoping to take? Yes. Our intention was to make a film that would be of use to the rescue community, not only in the U.S., but around the world. But we also wanted to make a film that would be emotionally engaging and sufficiently entertaining that it would grab an average viewer who's just looking for a good story, for an interesting story with compelling characters. And, you know, I think we've achieved both. You know, right now the focus is on making the film available to rescue groups. But eventually, the film will have digital and hopefully TV distribution. And uh, at that point, we'll see. Hopefully, it will cross over to a larger audience. Obviously, when you have a rescue community audience, they're seeing their own story enacted on screen. It resonates with them. But it would be fantastic if we could reach millions of people who aren't already familiar with rescue work and TNR and the importance of adoptions and, you know, the enormity of the street cat problem in so many cities. You had mentioned so many places that the documentary's already been shown. Are there any differences? Does everybody do the same thing at each location or do they do different things? Well, we're waiting for reports to come in. You know, rescue groups find out about the film and they organize their own screenings. If the screenings are in the New York City or the tri-state area, we try to get to them personally if we can. But generally, what happens is that they post on their website, they have their lists, they do social media around the film, they try to get as many members and general public out to the screenings as they can. And, you know, we started to look at the numbers because the screenings just started in April and you and I are now talking, what's today, May 2nd. Um, So we have a month of screenings behind us. And generally, we're getting between 80 and 110 viewers at each screening. And those are good numbers. It's excellent. Yeah, you're not talking about huge cineplex screens where the Avengers (laughs) is showing. You know, we're talking about smaller theaters that often are part of a multiplex. But, you know, these are, are significant numbers. And, you know, over time, the community screenings will have impact. Uh, as I mentioned, we already have 17 of the tug screenings, some that have happened, some that are upcoming. And there have been something like a dozen other community screenings. And we're also We're booking the film theatrically. We're taking the film out to the over 500 independent film theaters in the U.S. These are theaters that tend to show independent documentaries and foreign films and independent movies. And we are offering the film to them so that they can book it for a weekend or a week or sometimes just one day because they know there are people who care about cats in the community. But also, this is a good film. This is a film that almost anybody can watch and be affected by. And that's what we want. We want to help the rescue community. And we also want to raise awareness among the general population. 
Are there any specific differences working with Tug versus booking through you directly? Yes. When a rescue group books through Tug, they're getting a turnkey service. Tug offers the ticketing. They have a network of theaters, hundreds of theaters around the U.S. They also make it possible for rescue groups to request donations directly through the Tug interface, where Tug is not taking any percentage of donations. So there's this wonderful interface that makes it very easy for a rescue group to organize and host a screening. Whereas if you want to book the film, directly through us, then you have to find your own venue. It can be a library, a church, a high school or a college auditorium, wherever you can do a proper screening, meaning you can project the film, there's a good sound system. And and then you have to do the sales on your own. But for some groups, that's just fine. That's what they want to do. We have a couple of benefit screenings coming up in New Jersey this month with rescue groups, one in Montclair, New Jersey, another one in Madison. And uh, the one in Montclair has got the local public library to host the screening. And the one in Madison is renting an auditorium somewhere. And, you know, for them, these are important events. It really gives them an opportunity to bring out their community and get the message out about the kind of rescue work they're doing. But yes, it's, it's a little more work if you're a rescue group booking the screening directly through us, but it also gives you a lot of control. You can pick the venue. You can pick the date more easily, perhaps. You can just organize a whole event around it rather than, you know, with Tug, yes, you can, of course, introduce the film. You can do Q&A after. I think there have been some adoption events that happen, but you're doing it within the context of a theater, which is, of course, a normal theater. So those are the two different models. And then where the film is getting booked into independent theaters, you know, we're asking the theaters to try to connect with local rescue groups and we'll try to do the same thing so they're aware of the screenings. So we have these three different avenues for getting the film out for community screenings. And I can think of quite a few different ways of being able to maximize the event. Before we hit the record button, you were talking about some organizations bring some of their kittens or cats that are available for adoption. Yeah. Um, they can do raffles. They could do an auction, a silent auction, a live auction. Definitely. You know, they could make it, you were using the word benefit. So part of a larger event almost as a specific fundraiser because obviously the people that you have attending this are there because they love cats and they love cats in the community and they want to help them. And so you're providing the entertainment, the education, the outreach, the understanding about how urgent this is and how important it is to support this effort. Exactly. You should be a spokesperson for the film. <laughs> <laughs> Look, in a nutshell, that's what we're trying to do. And as time goes by, we will hear from the different rescue groups around the country. And I'm sure there are going to be a lot of wonderful and touching success stories. There's nothing we would like better than to hear that X rescue group in X community raised whatever, five, ten, twenty thousand dollars through a screening, brought in new members, mm -hmm. whatever. However, they can use this film to increase awareness to to sustain themselves financially. God bless. That's really what we want. And one thing that a film can do that a piece of direct mail or e-blast doesn't do as well is, is to really connect emotionally. Right. You know, hopefully you go to this film and you come out of it and you really understand on an emotional level what it takes to do this kind of work and why it's important. And you 
carry that home with you in your heart and in your mind. And you spread the word to other people you know. Of course, we would love people to also say, you must see this film, you should see this film. But it's the message of the film that is the most important. You're providing the answer to the why. I've run a lot of auctions. We used to have a furball that we ran every year when I was at the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. You wouldn't think this would be hard, but we always stressed about before your live auction started with your big ticket items, you know, how to get the group motivated, how to get everybody really understanding the urgency of why is it important to give and to give high and to give well tonight. And we really had to craft that passionate plea, which some years it worked and some years it didn't work. And this screening takes that almost off the table for the group. We all know the why, but it's how do you convey it? That's where this film can provide that for a group that might be few people, you might be kind of shy, you might be overwhelmed and not able to put your thoughts together, and you might not want to you know, speak in public in front of a group of 100 people. But this is the way that you can get that ask. And then they come out the doors and then you provide that this is how you can give to us sure by participating in our event you can give by clicking in on the tug.com site you know there's a variety of different ways just ensuring that that messaging is out there making sure you've I hate to say it but you have to ask seven times before anybody remembers anything and so that's what the group can focus on the fundraising side of it but your film provides that sense of urgency that why that emotion that passion and that's very helpful for many people because there are a lot of people in this business who don't want to stand up in front of a group of people and basically you're begging for donations. It's a really good point. And even the local group that is in the film here, Brooklyn Animal Action, um, it's it's a struggle for them. Hopefully the, the film will be of, of service to them. We have a screening on June 26th at a uh, really great Brooklyn theater, the Alamo Draft House, and Brooklyn Animal Action will be there. And hopefully they will be able to expand their community and their support through that screening and hopefully some other future screenings. Look, the film was shot over four years following the, the four rescuers. Uh, Sassy, Tara, Claire, and Stu. And we made that commitment to documenting their work and their lives to show what it takes. This is hard work. And it's work that requires a lot of skill. You don't just become expert at cat rescuing overnight. And when you talk about TNR, you have to understand that a lot of cats have health problems because they've been out on the streets for a long time. And, you know, sometimes tough decisions have to be made about whether, you know, a cat can be saved and returned. And then there are different stages. Often cats have to be fostered. Some of the rescuers in the film struggle with the problem of having so many cats that they've rescued and having to support them, get them back on their feet, find foster homes, get adoptions going. So this is really tough work. And the subjects in our film are really heroic. They don't see themselves as heroic, but I think the audience will understand that when you're somebody with a full-time job who is also doing rescue work, that's really extraordinary. And it's the kind of work that is done all over the world, not just for animal rescue, but, you know, in a human rights context. 
people working with refugees, first responders. This is part of a larger picture of humanitarian work that's going on around the world where people devote themselves to the betterment of humanity and the animal world. And I think the people uh, who are in the film, and I would guess that most of the people who watch the film, don't make a separation between human beings and animals as sentient beings that deserve respect and a good life. It's fantastic. Very well said. I'm cheering in the background here. So I know you mentioned this at the beginning of the show, but if folks are interested in having a screening in their community, how would they do that? Two ways. The first is to go to our website, catrescuersfilm.com, and you will see a, a section which has information about upcoming screenings and also how you can host a community screening. If you want to be able to just book a screening where all the ticketing is handled for you and you can select from a large network of theaters, then go to tug.com, T-U-G-G.com, and look for the Cat Rescuers film. And you'll see a page where you can organize a screening. And it's very straightforward process, very easy to do. The one thing about TUG is that there has to be a threshold that's met for the screenings to go ahead. And that varies from theater to theater to theater. It can be, you know, 60, 70, 80, 90 tickets. And so as a rescue group, as an organizer of a screening, you have a responsibility to get the word out and sell those tickets. So we try to work with the rescue groups as much as possible. And as I said earlier, when rescue groups want to schedule a film through us, um, we will work with them to make sure that the screening fee is scaled to their capacity. And this is working out very well. There have been screenings by small rescue groups, by large groups, libraries, in churches, in schools. So, you know, it's very exciting and it's great to see the film get out to all these communities, to big cities, to small cities. And it just tells you, it, it reminds you that the problem we documented here in Brooklyn is a problem that is nationwide. It's worldwide. We are looking forward to getting the film out to the rest of the world as well. And let's see if we can make a difference and let's hope that rescue groups can use this film effectively. And we look forward to getting their feedback on that. Well, Steve, thank you again so much for agreeing to be a guest on my show. And uh, hopefully we'll have you on again in the future. We can see how the film is doing. Okay. Well, Stacy, thank you very much. And I've got two cats meowing loudly <laughs> at my feet right now to Bandy to be fed. So I better go take care of that. Thank you for listening to the Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes, leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. 